things, pals. Whoa, 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 whoa. Good day, pals. Hey, hello, pals. Afternoon, all. And welcome to the podcast, Throw in the Pal, the podcast where we debate movies. I said last week it was like a joust. This week it's like a knife fight with a hobo. Oh. You've been watching West Side I'm, Story? I have. <laughs> I'm a jet. Is that a plot point in West Side Story? <laughs> a lot of hobos get what? stabbed. Wow. Just, just knife fights. Gosh, Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. What a world. Um, okay, so we're, good. we're talking about movies. We're debating it. It's going to be great. Today we're talking about The Help. Mm. Uh, yes, we are. Which is a 2011 film. Um, really? Is it that old? That's amazing. 12 years old. This mm. is quite an old movie. Mm. Uh, as, wait, I'm Frank. Do we, we do that as well? <laughs> I'm Frank. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. I'm Tom. And <laughs> this is Throw the Pow. Uh, so we rate these movies out of 11 and we're going to talk about them and why do we rate them out of 11? Uh, I think 11's the amount of uh, very emotional moments in this film that every time they come on I just go... <laughs> Well, actually, we should okay, have a sound so Thomas for that. shits What do you himself. do? Thomas goes. <laughs> I do that with, <laughs> with the very emphatic really? emotional beats in this movie. I think this is like a 3.8. Wow. 3.8. I really, okay. I really don't like this I'm, movie. I'm, yeah. I'm somewhat relieved because I'm a three. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I guess, Marcus, if you're going to. Are you? I'm a 9.4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you add that to Chris's score, you just get slightly over 11. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, I'm with Marcus. It's a 7.7. Really? I like with it. Marcus? I like it. Nice. Well, not really no, with Marcus. I mean, he's with this, me. This We're film on. is the equivalent of sitting on your own testicles. It, it, it just gets in its own way. <laughs> That, that, holy shit. Was that the tagline? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Definitely on the poster. I mean, let me, let me, I don't think this is a perfect film by any means. No. We were watching it. It's very, and we said this pre record, but it's very white savior. It's, yes. it's flawed in a lot of ways, but every time you go, ah, oh, this is so cheesy, one of the performances by the cast. Just brings you back in. I just I cannot go past Viola Davis, Octavia Spencer, um, Jessica Chastain. I think is incredible mm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, like mm-hmm. Jessica Chastain. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> They're all very good. They're all very good actresses, and the performances are fantastic. Glad you so said actresses straight after. I thought you're still talking about boobs. You you forgot Alison Jenny. Alison Jenny oh. and and Emma oh. Stone, who well, ostensibly Emma's- is the lead of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> She's everyone seems to forget. Bypass. If we have an no. uh, the opposite of MVP, it's her. I agree. Besides all the men, because they're you know. Wait, who's sorry? Opposite of MVP, and Emma, Stone. Emma Stone. Emma Stone's not not great in this. Okay, sure. I, I really true. dislike, but her. I think. We are jumping the gun a little. We are. What's this movie about? Do you want the full synopsis? Yeah, sure. An aspiring author during the civil rights movement in the 1960s decides to write a book detailing the African-American maid's point of view on the white families for which they work and the hardships they go through on a daily basis. 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 It's like you combined basis with racist, which is topical. Oh, good, because <laughs> it's about racists. <laughs> and it's directed by Tate Taylor. I don't think he's racist, but good segue by me. Jesus. Sorry, Tate, in advance for that. So it is a movie uh, that kind of tries to deal with the, you know, Jim Crow South and the issues that were going on obviously 100 years almost because this is what, 1962, 1963? Mm, 60s. Yes. It's... It travels time. Sure. It's pre, uh, you know, 
civil rights marching of like Selma and stuff like that and things going on with Malcolm X and even Rosa Parks I don't think has happened yet in 63. We should probably fact check that, but I, I don't think it's quite happened yet. You could have told me you were going to bring this out. I apologise. <laughs> uh, and so I don't want to get like too into like the nitty-gritty of the historical accuracy or the timeline, but just to say that it was a time where uh, there was a a legal and social and cultural segregation going on with black people and black women, especially with these sort of And especially roles. in the South. Yes. Uh, go, Rosa Parks on the bus didn't want to move 1955. Okay. So that was actually pre. Sorry, did someone take it from here? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's nice strange. to hear you take a slice of humble pie. Yeah, I suppose. So essentially this is a time in the South where there is like still legal and social and cultural segregation and especially for like for black women in subservient roles like in these these locations. Because where is yeah. this set? What's the state? Ooh. Jackson, Ooh. Mississippi. Yeah, but yeah, Mississippi. there's a lot of segregation going on and these uh, instances. Did you have something to say there, Chris? Sorry, I feel like I... The, the film to me was about the, the pain of how slow change is and this, this paints, you know, generational change between the elders and, and the youngies but then there are still those in the young that are happy to cling on to the old ways. It's just that pain on screen on both sides. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, the, that's a nice way to put it. But you don't think it's a very effective movie in that regard? No. I mean, it's a slow fucking movie. Oh, it's It's like is. seven and a half hours long is, is maybe one of my biggest criticisms. Does that feels does every it really moment feel long This to movie you? feels unbearably long to wow. me. It is interminable. Really? It just keeps going. Is that because it's so like self-righteous? Is that like do you just think it's so? There's got to be a reason because yeah. it's not that long. When you're talking, it's two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty standard by... I guess, but it's just I felt every minute. I felt double every minute of that. It's okay. two hours and 20 minutes and still doesn't do justice to all its storylines. Yes. There is too much in this film. They could have made two or three good films with the characters and story elements that are in this. They could have had a cinematic universe. The help universe. <laughs> but... Yeah. But instead, oh. they've tried to cram it all in, and it, there isn't enough time sure. for for it all. Sure. Yeah, like you, you take the uh, Jessica Chastain character having trouble conceiving, building a relationship with a black maid, the trust that builds between them. She's hiding it from the husband. Mm. That's, a That's a movie in and of itself. Absolutely, and yet it's given very true three, four scenes total for the film. And I'm like, that's like, a waste. Yeah, and it goes hard and fast. Like, oh, wow, they really, like, they speed along the relationship. And, yeah, absolutely, yeah. they glaze yeah. it. And then yeah. the miscarriage scene when Jessica Chastain gets discovered mm. in the bathroom is horrifying is. and mm. comes out of nowhere. Mm. And you're just like, wow. Um, my point on that is it's so funny how all the good characters, air quotes, Emma Stone, Jessica Chastain, have these really sympathetic angles. I mean, Skeeter, Emma Stone is the ugly duckling, a bit of a nerd, maybe not very popular, not very, you know, not a massive thing to go through, but you like her because she's, you know, she's struggling with something and she's a very good person, obviously. And Jessica Chastain has the miscarriages and this really sad life where no one likes her as well. And you go, oh, we like her, we're sympathetic towards her. And then Bryce Dallas Howard, for example, and all the other horribly racist white women uh, all have these perfect lives. They're all happy, rich, have, you know, air quotes, caring husbands. And it's so, the film is so obvious of like, who's a good person and who's a bad person? Mm. Like, oh, well, there's no, mm. there's no shades of gray. And I think that's really disappointing. Alison Janney's maybe the only character who gets that. And even so, it's such a comically like, 
when they show the flashback to why she fired Constantine, it's like, well, you know, her hand was forced. And I don't think the movie sympathise. Well, I think it weirdly kind of does. It still, like, lingers on Alice and Janney's like, face, like, being like, I don't want to do this. And it's like, don't do it. Like, yeah. don't. Why? You're not mm. the one who this is sad for. It explains how hard it is for her to fire her housekeeper when it's actually sad for... Constantine. Yeah, Constantine. The crux of that whole arc is Skeeter being like, I'm sad about what happened to my black maid. And it's like, I don't know if that's what civil rights is all about. (laughs) She died of a broken heart. Oh, Oh, no, 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 no. I can't believe that scene's in the movie because I'm watching it with Kath who's watched it several times and her opinion of it has fluctuated a lot throughout the years and that scene's happening. And two seconds before Emma Stone says... You broke her heart. Kat says, she died of a broken heart. I'm like, yeah, but the movie's not going to fucking say it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and they say it. it. Yeah. I yep. think it's a very, very I, – I would struggle to identify a more – this in the blind side, I think, uh, which is the 2009 movie with Sandra Bullock where she adopts a – uh, oh God, Sandra Bullock, <laughs> Sandra Sandra Miss Congeniality, twenty eight days. His eyes lit up. Sandy B. Frank is levitating. <laughs> um, but yes, she won her Oscar for it. But it is like that, and this are kind of the pinnacle white savior movies of the last fifteen or so years. Which and also is- such an Oscar bait movie. Yes. It's trying so hard to win Oscars, and uh, I think all the cast should. I think there's a lot of talent here and I think there's a lot of it's it's effective but just to define for our audience I'm sure maybe we don't need to but like the idea of a white savior narrative is a film like well Green Book is a big one from the last few years as well mm-hmm. which is like sh- centering the struggle of a person of color or a minority or someone and trying to use it to build an arc for the white character and typically either show them from going from mildly problematic to good person or just being a misguided but generally decent, like as Emma Stone is in this movie, you know. I would say, and Alison Janney, like like I was saying, sorry, is maybe the only one who's like she has her issues and then she comes around on it. And like Sissy Spacek like says the N-word in this movie, but she's obviously meant to be kind of like a nicer older woman. Bryce Dallas Howard might as well have a pitchfork and hooves in this movie. Just and like a yeah. moustache to twirl. Every yes. scene she's just like, nah, I just tied someone to a railroad track. <laughs> it was a young black child. Like she is so comically villainous. So bad. I think she's kind of, despite it, sort of good in the movie. Like I I'm, think the performance is... Commendable I, I respect, with horrible material. Yes, yeah. I respect how much she commits to it, despite the fact that I'm like, there is no room for this character to be anything other than. And also, I love the turn at the end where her life starts falling apart because everyone reads about the story of her eating that pie, uh, which I'm sure we'll come to. But she's spiraling out of control. She gets a cold sore and she drinks a beer while driving. And that's like, she's fallen off a cliff and she's just this, like, look at her with all her hair a mess and she's coming, she's sweating. Like, it's... The worst thing that could happen, the worst to, a thing could happen to a white lady in the 60s in the South it's is, so like, funny. she's slightly unbecoming. Like, but it's, yeah. like, it's almost like a comedic turn because the performance then is, like... Well, they, they got <laughs> I the name... my first beer. They got the name of this film wrong. It should be... Mean Girls, Mississippi. She is Regina George. She is Regina God, George. Is. That's so good. Wow. Yeah. Imagine every time a black person watches, you can't sit with us. <laughs> Legally. Legally. <laughs> Legally. Marcus, we've been uh, nattering a lot, but you do enjoy <laughs> this movie and I want to know why. Welcome. I'm in the room. Here we are. Hey, guys. How are we all? You could have jumped in at any No, point. no, no. It was actually it was interesting to listen to it because I don't disagree with what you're all saying um, to an extent anyway. 
Well, I, I still I like think the film. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, but it's valid. But I don't think Emma uh, Emma Stone was well cast here. I think it could have been someone else. Um, Such as, do you have an idea? I think she was the weakest one in the cast. Ah, uh, God, someone that looked like they would have actually been friends with those girls. That they would have at some point in their life been like that. To me, it seems, it seems like Emma Stone was just. I mean, when she's known for being tomboy esque, I guess mm. in a weird way. Um, it, to me, it didn't really carry. I didn't feel um, connected between her friendships at all. I didn't believe it. I think it's both problems, which is that she doesn't feel enough of that glossy Southern Belle thing. She doesn't quite fit that. And yet the whole, her whole plot for a lot of the movie is because I'm ugly. And it's like, yeah, Emma Stone, you're so <laughs> yeah. ugly. It's no, not, yeah. boo. Like, she's I Hollywood hate. ugly because she has, she has like she tight has, curly hair. And she has freckles. And it's like, well, what it's are we going to do? Outrageous. Throw her I out. So she's. Yeah. It, oh, sorry. Sorry, Marcus. I, I cut in. No, it's okay. I, I just, I would have found it more interesting to have someone that looked like um, Jessica Chastain or, or, you know, and decided they wanted to follow and be a journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been a more interesting angle for someone that didn't decide to be a. Um, stay-at-home um, housewife and and follow all the trends and do what they needed to do, you know. So weirdly so enough, you, maybe Rachel McAdams honestly, would have fit this. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I would I would have watched that. I think she would have been um, a better fit. She's a very sympathetic actress. Like, I don't, she has a lot of merit with the audience. Yeah. People go, ah, I like her. Yeah. Generally speaking. She would have helped. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say that she's playing a character called Skeeter. And she's a reporter in the Harry Potter universe. We have oh, Rita Skeeter. Skeeter, who is the reporter, who is an <laughs> yeah. unregistered animagus that turns into a bug. And of course, Emma Stone with the big bug eyes. It just, oh, it's a full circle. That's it. Oh, wow. Full that's, circle. That's it. Whoa. But it, isn't you it? brought that chart with you from home. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Laser pointer. No, she's Chris called... is on the wall with the red string and all the photos. <laughs> <laughs> all connected. <laughs> she's called Skeeter because in the book she's meant to look like a mosquito, right? Like spindly little legs. Uh, no, she's um, known for skeet skeeting. No, obviously that's it. Not it. 100%. <laughs> what? Um, on, on the Emma Stone thing, she's one of those. <laughs> have you noticed she's one of those actresses when she's in a scene and she, you get a close up, she'll look at. She switches between eyes. Oh, so she's doing a scene. That she's like me. looking left to right eye, and mm. all you can see is her eyes twitching, and it mm. really bugs me. Would you it guys get told? Did you when you were doing acting at uni? Did you do much screen work? No. Yes. No. None. You did, you did a little, like mm. for in your actual classes. Oh, though? Like yeah, when I say there wasn't a lot. No, we had one we week, and that it was, was shockingly we, bad. Training. We did a, a mix of things where I went because it was a production school as well. So we worked on stage and on screen, brag. and that was yeah, one brag. of our little brag. humble brag. I went to uni in Wagga Wagga. Flexing right Ooh, now. Flex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we were um, in a tin shed in Launceston. That's yeah. a fair point. I was in an open paddock. <laughs> um, but we were, that was one of the biggest criticisms that, and it always stuck with me. One of our lecturers was like, if you're going to do the eye switch to- side to side there better be some intensity in the scene because if there's not you look in you look incensed you there's look something there's right something now. going on with you if yes. you if you're just having a normal conversation hmm. we don't want to see and people go but that's just how i talk to people it's like well too bad you're acting now there's and a also, fucking camera that's in it. face that's, if you, you want a good example yes. if the listener wants a good example look at jennifer aniston in anything she's in she does it <laughs> all the Her time eyes yep. switch from side switch to side to, oh, yeah. and it's just that little twitch it kills me that's a really interesting tidbit. Uh, back to why I actually love the film, though, mm-hmm. is I do agree with the white saviour thing as well. I think it's it's something that I hate in film. It's a, And immediately you know what, where it's going. 
However, I feel that this film does it in a more earnest way. It doesn't feel as... it To me, the, the black women in this film weren't given this opportunity because of Emma Stone. I feel that the black women in this film, yes, she's a device for it. I feel that they took the power back for themselves. They took an opportunity when they saw it. As you see, Octavia Spencer flat out just says, no, fuck, no, bitch, get out of this house, oh. fuck you. Um, Language. And eventually need all that. Eventually, she comes back and goes, I'm ready. I want to do this. I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for us. I'm not doing it for you. Um, I, and that was empowering, I felt. So it didn't feel like the white saviour was the reason behind it all. I agree with you and I, I think it does take a turn where Emma Stone doesn't, she becomes a secondary character and I think that's great. 100%. But then at the end it comes back where Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer go to Skeeter's house and they're like, you got to leave. There ain't nothing for you here. And it's like... You, why do you care about where she – like she has not been uh, – it almost takes the turn to making them the main character and then it comes back where they they have to give something back to Emma Stone, like advice and, and yeah. acknowledgement. And it's like yeah. – I don't know. It just is like it tries to centre the film again on Emma Stone and her struggle and mm. her – you know, she's going to be a successful journalist. Like who cares? Well, no one cares that she hasn't found a guy yet. Or the, the love interest with Christopher Lowell, 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 Lowell in this is one of the most pointless fucking things in the world. Mm-hmm. Like every mm-hmm. scene with him, and I really like him. I think he's a very talented actor. I enjoy. Seeing I think him their things. scenes are okay. In, like you know, individually in a vacuum, it's a great. Like you could take that and do a, a, a duologue of it, like them at the swing a set, duologue. a duo lingo. But no, um, I, think, but again, <laughs> I think the performances, yeah, are great, and the characters and the chemistry. You go, yeah, cool. If this was a different movie. I would watch that and I'm invested. And then for some reason, three hours in, she releases the book and he goes, you know, I hate black people. And then like storms off and it's like, what? Basically, What's going on but is that, is that again a device to look, look at Emma Stone and all the trouble she's gone through to get this book out. Mm. Look how righteous she is mm. to sacrifice all that. She could have had a happy life with her beautiful husband, but no, she wanted to publish this book about the black people's stories. And that's a sacrifice and how noble of her, exactly. right? And it's like, it's I like, don't uh, care. I wrote notes. Oh, sorry, go, Craig. Your they're, turn. They're, they're, they're Two main scenes. The first one, they meet in a bar and he takes one look at her and he takes a big gulp of his drink. You're like, oh, okay, sure. And then their next scene is, yeah, like I looked at you and it wasn't that much, but hey, you stood up to me. Let's go out. Like, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, great. Because why didn't that's romance? Why didn't that happen <laughs> in the first night? At the first, they went to dinner and they could have had a disagreement and then they could have gotten into a nice little repartee or something. And you go, mm. ah. It worked because he comes out of nowhere and apologizes. Some bands. Some bands. Give me some cheeky bands. She's meant to be a firebrand, right? There's meant to be a sort of like, well, look at her. She's going to be a spinster. She doesn't know how to talk to men. But then also it's like, but a lot of the time she's just awkward and sort of not particularly. She doesn't have a very consistent character in the whole movie. I'm not really sure who she's meant to be from scene to scene. Also, she's the only one who doesn't do a southern accent. And I know she's been living, air quotes, in New York to be a journalist for a, a year? She gives mm. it that little lilt, but uh, not really as much as everyone else. No, and no, you know everyone's like, oh, well, I've been damned. And that's why I have to be fair to the actors in this, who I think most of the time do a good job. It's like if you are given the opportunity to essentially be in a Tennessee Williams play just on film Oof. and put on that accent, yeah, take it. It's Absolutely. great being like, well, I do <laughs> declare. Like it's My fun. My name's well, blow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he got it from. It's fun getting to. Jessica Chastain 
goes ham she on the accent. Eats out on that lunch, that dinner. Oh, oh that my accent. god! That's lunch you, and dinner. Can you re- <laughs> <laughs> Please rephrase no, that. That's all I meant. No, she does. She's. She really, di- I think it's dines. She out would eats be the out phrase. on that lunch. That is the accent. That's the expression. I've heard it many times. <laughs> I, I think um, it's what Tennessee Williams wrote, didn't he? So. Yeah. Really but she's stuff. she's exceptional. She's great. A she sissy Spacek, who already is southern anyway, but Alison Janney is doing it as well. You know, and she's, and then obviously, like obviously Viola Davis. Octavia Spencer are. You get more out of Viola, I think. Like Octavia's great. She's a powerhouse, but yeah. I, there's not a lot of um, uh, uh, what's the word? Depth. It comes Up back to something when we variation. Yeah, we recently go. did. Nope. Yeah, we did. And it's mm-hmm. like the the African American sister. Her character is sassy. That's your character, and this teeters with it yeah. with. Octavia Spencer's with Octavia's she's character, the sassy character, and Viola Davis is the sage wisdom almost. You know, yeah. like they're, they're the two. That's all you get. And then you have you Octavia have telling her daughter, "Now don't be sassy." It's like, oh, okay. So her daughter's sassy as well, and then the maid that finds the ring but keeps it. Um, she's a bit sassy and then the daughter that bursts in on the dinner party and gets her mother fired from the house, she'd be sassy. Like, can't we find some different motivations for people? There's no there's no real identifying depth, I think, to many of the characters, short of, like, Viola Davis is obviously a much more withdrawn character. Mm. Like, she's very sort of stately and mannered due to the misery that she's had in her life. She lost her son, Trelaw. And, yeah, but I think Octavia Spencer serves a bit of a role to make white people comfortable because she pushes back against white people more than really anyone in the film, takes the biggest liberties, but it's against white people who are cartoonishly uh, villainous (laughs) or white people who are clueless in the state of Mm. Bryce Dallas Howard and uh, Jessica Chastain. Octavia Spencer wins the Oscar for this in 2011. She wins for Best Supporting Actress. Supporting, yeah. Viola was nominated for Leading Actress. And really I think everyone regrets her not getting it because now it's very Mm. weird that Viola Davis doesn't have a Best Actress. She has it for Fences but Supporting. It's weird that she – but also she doesn't like this film. No, I can imagine she doesn't. She's she's not proud of it, again, because she thinks it's a white saviour film and she's like, it's a bit cheap. Roxanne Gay doesn't love this movie who's a very – uh, sort of prominent writer and sort of social critique. She's a black woman from the States. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have come out either since or just in general going like, yeah, I think this was playing into something to make people comfortable rather than to actually get at anything. Because when you think about it, it's, what's the most devastating thing if you asked someone who loves this movie? And, again, you know, people can like or not well, like movies. That's our whole thing, right? I don't think it makes you morally right or it's wrong. It's the whole concept of this pod. It's the whole concept of this pod. There's no moral or ethical way, I think, to approach movies. But if you talk to someone, I think of, like, people maybe like my mother or, like, other people who might like this movie, and you say, what's the saddest movie with Viola Davis in this? I don't think many people say the scene where she talks about her son dying. You mean moment. You said movie. but sorry. What's the saddest movie? <laughs> what's, the saddest, <laughs> what's the saddest moment with Viola Davis's character in this movie? I don't think many people talk about the scene where she talks about her dead son. I think they talk about the scene where she has to leave the little white girl. And I'm like, that's yeah. weird because her son fucking died yeah. and that should be the but you saddest don't, you part. You don't get to really see it. It's... 
it's a it's like a side note for it's, the character just to have that hangs the bell of like oh a tragedy has happened to you but still the saddest thing that we see is well now she doesn't well, get to raise this little white girl and it's like I mean and she's like I gotta go yes and the her next, at but the sorry window. to interrupt the next the next well the I think the saddest thing that people take away is Bryce Dallas Howard eating the shit pie. People always go, that's the moment. And it's like- Is the saddest scene? Not the saddest, but the most like shocking. But it's the funny scene. It's the scene that people love to like go, oh, she ate her shit, right? Yeah. You get a different read on that? I Well, no, I, I think it's funny, but I think also people go, that like, that is maybe the largest moment. You walk away it's, and you it's think- It's the moment that has, people, when they think about the help, they think about the shit pie. And yeah. again, I yeah. think that scene won Octavia Spencer the Oscar, which doesn't mean her performance won- People think that scene is very funny. It's like and they think, when they think of American Pie, they think of yes, Jason when with he pie. Eat, yes, and then his dad eats it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, just tell your mother that uh, that that we ate it. <laughs> Eugene Levy, perfectly normal. Um, but yeah, I think this movie does embrace a lot of things that are for the comfort of trying to to address very surface level issues with racism in the United States and its consequences and not really get at the depth of it. And, again, that, that goes to one of my biggest examples is that Viola Davis's Abelene's her character's name, Abelene's son has died in a just tragic and harrowing way and it is a bit of a, like, it's kind of a bell that gets hung on the whole story. It's not really a central part of it. And maybe that's there's something there to it being like, well, obviously she doesn't like to talk about it because of the experience of it and how harrowing, but we see so many things in this movie with her and her encounters with, with white characters that are emotionally compelling and confronting or meant to be. Well, do you think it would be almost more emotionally impactful? Because obviously the film um, phrases Emma Stone's story in the book about her maid as the most important. But I feel like if we had Viola Davis losing her son as one of the most important stories... If you know if it came later in the film and you got to see more of it, you'd be like, "Ah, oh, that's that's the emotional weight it deserves." Yeah, and that's exactly what you say is the is a great example. It's like almost the most emphatic emotional moments are a white woman losing her baby or like having a miscarriage. It is a young white girl who loses her maid, and or Emma Stone, a young white girl who loses her maid, yeah. and it's like those are the emotionally, and it's kind of telling, I think, an assuaging story to Americans of like, see, like if we could get along, these horrible things wouldn't have to happen. Where we're all sad, as opposed to like, I think there's more sad on one side than the other, but that's fine. It's a bit one-sided. I don't agree with you with um, her not being allowed to feel the way she felt about the young white child. Like, surely to, to, to me, the way I got the read from it was, I mean, that's her life. She spends every waking minute with this family. That's the only replacement she could have for her missing, her, her um, dead son, sorry. And also I would add to that, it's so, you know that that kid is now going to, sorry, Viola Davis knows yes. that that kid's now going to be raised in a miserable home with not a little love. Of course. And that's horrible to see. I don't think I don't think it matters that it was a white child. I think if, she, no matter if she worked for a family that had a black child, as an example, she would have had the same connection. I don't think it matters that it's a white child. It's a shame that it is because I see what you're getting at. Yeah, and I don't I don't think she shouldn't be allowed to, or that that emotionality shouldn't exist, but just what you said, like the his, the historical or the heuristicity of this is, of course it was a white child. Word? I've decided it is. 
cool. uh, <laughs> is that it is a white child, of course, because sure. it is. And the way that these dynamics existed was that, and it, the, the movie does pay lip service to this definitely of like, look at all these white kids being raised by black mm. women mm. and then turning into versions of their mothers anyway. Oh, it's, yeah. Which is uh, terrible and, and upsetting. Would you have liked this to be a more confronting film? Like maybe physically violent or, because you see. There That's is not a bad point. Yeah. Yeah. The, to cover something of this time, the only time that they really touch on the violence in the, at the time is when, I don't know the character's name, but she gets um, caught out for stealing the ring, right? And the police take her out of the bus, they pin her against the, the cop I mean, car and then the camera pans away and you just see and, you know. He you, goes to smack her in the head but it cuts away. Yeah. And, yeah. and also mini, mini Jack, Octavia That's Spencer. implied violence. Implied violence. We never see it. We never see see the husband. You see a bruise and you hear it on the phone. It's an interesting thing with the film is whenever we're presented with an African-American male, Mm -hmm. they are young and virtuous. They're Viola Davis' son who has died but he was off to college. The preacher. The preacher who was young and handsome and upright standing in the community. Mm. We have the gentleman that works at the cafe who has two scenes and is utterly wasted in this film. Mm. Rest in peace too. Do you know who that is? Do you remember him? No. From True Blood? I oh, the True young Blood. dude who, who had a drinking issue and he, he died. I think you're quite right. I do know he what you mean. Just so great in that. Anyway, I'm sorry, Chris. Um, oh, that's sad that he has passed mm. away. I wasn't aware of that. Mm. Um, and then you have the mother that, that took the ring but she was doing it for her two boys so they could go to college. And so there is this underlying pattern of all the young men are okay but this husband that we never see and so we never physically uh, personalise him, he's the one bad one. Yeah, mm. and it goes back to the, the black, Pardon the pun, but the black and white characterization in this film. All the good people have sympathetic angles and get um, like nice character arcs and moments of redemption or whatever you want to call it. Whereas all the racist people have just like, like Bryce Dallas Howard is literally a cartoon villain. And then all of her minions are these like spineless, horrible women who have nothing to say. And it's, it's just so. It's a bit, I don't know, it's a bit hard to watch because it's so tacky and on the nose and like make sure you know who the good guys are. Like it's Emma Stone and yeah. the black people. I mean, but this like the women of that time were uh, like quite beige and quite vanilla. You look at Stepford, uh, Stepford Wives, like I don't know how else you're going to characterise her. I think that's, no. People, I think they were people forced are never, into a corner to to. You think they wouldn't have personality? Within ever? reason. Within reason. I don't think they're ever depicted to have have uh, yeah, depicted to, but a lot of choice at all. The other thing that I love about this film is the very intentional disconnect with the men in this film. Other than, you know, guy, the, the, the guy that out Chris of town Lowell. douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't really have a lot of male involvement. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it's and I like the, it being a, a female focused movie and especially a movie. It, there's all the elements of it that are interesting and representative as it being a film from 12 years ago where you have two uh, lead black characters, essentially two black women, mm-hmm. you know, at the forefront and mm-hmm. getting all the celebration, the recognition it does. But I don't dis- disagree with like Chris's take on 
not only is there a lack of complexity and nuance where it comes to the villains or the characters who are meant to be perceived as on the wrong side of things, yeah, the the black characters in this don't really get to be fully rounded either. There's no. they they exist to be oppressed and to be um, tragic and have bad things happen to them. Sure. And there's not a lot. And I do think it's worth mentioning that anything confronting like domestic violence, anything even like the the young guy who gets shot, which is an historical event and I meant to look more into it and I did and I apologise, but there was a young man who shot and it kind of like sends them all scrambling and it's the news for the night and obviously it's a representation of these awful things going on in the world around them. But even that it's just kind of like, well, that's just a news story that sort of gets perpetuated and there's no real... I think it needed more confronting moments and I think it needed to be more squarely put with the black characters and it have almost, them be the leads. It almost yeah. does. That scene where she's running through the night, she she separates from the um the, the guy, guy who works at the cafe. Yeah, 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 yeah. You think it's gonna happen. Yeah, and you it's, think something it's a bit intense. really yeah. really bad. Even, even what you mentioned, I, I will admit, like the scene where they pull the young lady off the bus who's been accused of stealing the ring mm. and the way they manhandle her even mm. before they get to the stuff with the batons, just the way they're putting their hands around her mm. and just Awful. completely disregarding her as a person is some of the stuff where I'm like, yeah, this is confronting and upsetting, but there's only so much of that in the movie. It, yeah, not that there's not, like, you don't want to see it, but there's not enough to make it feel anywhere near as weighty as it should. It would be for too confronting, matter. right? It this would be was too our, much. Oh, of course it would this be horrible I mean, to watch, but I I think we need to... No, I mean, I genuinely mean, I mean, like, I think it should be there, but the decision was made, like, well, no, 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 we don't want to upset people. Yeah, this you is know? an Oscar bait film. It's a sanitised so version of all yeah, this Yeah, absolutely it is. This yeah. was our issue with Belfast when we spoke about that um, quite yeah. a while ago. That's true. Yeah. Whereas we didn't feel that sense of danger or that it just didn't cover a very heavy topic the way that we wanted it to be or we needed to see. Yeah, maybe I th- that's. I feel it. like that's a that's a little different because it's like a that was like a biopic memory film of Kenneth Branagh, but this sure. is, this is like talking about history, and I don't think doing a very accurate representation, even it being from a kid's perspective as well, because the movie and the book that I think about when a lot of people point to the origin of white saviour narratives and where they come from and when they got their sort of like biggest representation, and certainly To Kill a Mockingbird is in that conversation. Mm. I really like To Kill a Mockingbird, the mm. book. I uh, think the movie's pretty good as well. And I think that the thing that that movie gets and that book gets to have that justifies some of its more naive and maybe sort of, I mean, it was written in the fucking 60s, but anyway, a more naive approach is it's from a child's perspective and it is a child coming to terms with some of these complexities in the world and seeing how in Alabama these things are happening in the 30s, you know. I, I think that makes a little more sense. It does give you a bit more of a, um, I guess, an an easy palette, like because a kid's not going to understand what he's really seeing so yes. you can sort of gloss over some things. It's and it's almost a challenge to kind of try and go, how would you explain the complexities and nuances of racism and the like historical depth of it to someone so young and how would they understand it and how would that filter out? Whereas these are grown people. Skeeter's pretty embarrassing in a lot of this movie for the times where she's like... <laughs> Wait, Skeeter or Emma Stone? Emma Stone's Le- very... Nu- I love Emma Stone. I think she's a fantastic... The same person. <laughs> ah. I think she's a fantastic actor who gets stranded in this film. But, yeah, her, like the amount of times where she's like trying to talk to them and they're like, you're going to get me killed. And she's like, what? And it's like, because it's 1963 and we're in the fucking you south. You should know why. Like, like, you had to sneak into that house. Why don't you know this? Mm. It, it's a bit... Would this have been 
could it have improved had Emma Stone not been the protagonist? Like, yes. Well, yeah. If you have Viola Davis yeah, as a protagonist, yeah. literally either yeah. one, make it Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer, and follow them would that the entire movie. I think it would have made it a lot better. Absolutely, sure. because it it's telling their story through a, I think a lens that doesn't and that's, do well because it is it. based on the book by Catherine Stockett. So it is you can see where that's where it's come from, but. Uh, you'd you'd hope that if they made this film today, they'd go, cool, that's our inspiration and let's frame it in the way that it deserves to be framed, I guess. That's, mm. yeah. I don't disagree. Do you have something, Chris? My opening comment was around this film getting in its own way. Um, Marcus, you <laughs> and I both hate being spoon-fed as <laughs> oh, an audience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we have the scene where the maid finds the ring. She has the thought, okay, mm. I need the money. I'm going to keep this. She's then seen later, she's dragged off the bus uh, and assaulted by the police, which is graphic. Mm -hmm. Um, In that scene we cut to and we can see Regina George in the car watching because she's masterminded the police arresting her. Okay, yes, okay, we understand. We we get that. That's that's fine. But then we have to have another scene where Skeeter is in the cafe and... and I can't remember Bryce her name. Howard, Bryce Regina George. She walks in. She's <laughs> twirling her fucking moustache. Oh, I knew she was no good. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh God. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure, you're laying it on thick. We then have the gentleman behind the, the counter at the at the cafe he says, mm-hmm. oh, you've, you've, you've got to go to Violet Davis's house right now. Yeah. Why? You, you just got to go. You got to go right now. Okay, sure. And she goes, she opens the door and she is presented with a room full of maids. That is a striking visual and it works. Mm. But then they talk. It, I'm here to help you with your book. No! <laughs> you have just ruined this yeah. scene. But it's, not even, it's not even the one line. It's I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you too. Yeah. We're all here to I'm help you. Spartacus. You were so close. That the, was so close. The next, scene, the next shot is them sitting at the counter and... The maid is telling a story. We, we just get it, guys. Cut straight to get the story. Get the fuck out of your own way. Oh, yes. oh, you gosh. are ruining what is the biggest torsion point of the whole film. It's yeah. when okay, we're in business now. It's yeah. the we're in business Things are moving. scene it's gonna be and good. you fucked it. That bothers me more than it should. The problem is I don't see how you hit the seven-hour running time without that scene, though, Chris. <laughs> You've got to have it. Otherwise, you know, what are you going to do with the rest of it? It's true. I, um, this movie's too long. Um, it's I two have, hours and 26 minutes. It's, it's not that long. It's too long. I want to say, like, we've been talking so much about, like, the cultural politics and the, like, sort of racial resentment within this movie and all that. I, I do just want to say I just think it's also very boring. Like, that's – like. Getting rid of all that, there are movies that I find problematic but compelling. I probably like The Blind Side more than this because Sandra Bullock is so much fun in it. She, it's a lot. She's great. But it's like, As eh, we know, you know, whatever. Like Sandra Bullock's going to be the southern woman who adopts the black teenager and like whatever, tries to fix his life. And it's why the scenes in this movie, I really like Jessica Chastain. Absolutely. I think she's fan. I mean, a lot of the performances are very good. But Jessica Chastain is so much fun in this movie. Her cluelessness and obliviousness that it feels quite earned. And, yeah, the devastating scene where she does lose the, the child, where she has a miscarriage. Uh, I think a lot of that's pretty pretty fun for lack of a better word you yeah. know and and Her bef- like especially i mean Jessica Chastain outside of this movie has not done anything like this she's a very i mean usually a serious sort of grounded actress That's and true. this is so 
There's flighty and eyes and of Tammy out of Faye, mind. which she did recently, and she won the Oscar I've for. But I think that's kind of her coming back to this, where she starts yeah. playing like a southern belle again, or like a southern character. But you're right; there were like ten years there where it was like Zero Dark Thirty, yeah. Molly's, Molly's Game, game. Uh, whatever the one she did with Oscar Isaac, where they're like a, a sort of um, mafia couple, whatever. Like she's very steely and flinty. You're right, and then this movie. Very unexpectedly, she's a lot of fun as, yeah. a, as a goofball. I think she kind of kills she's it. And juxtaposed wonderfully with the scene in the bathroom, which leads to the scene in the garden, oh. which then reveals the two pre-existing bushes of roses. Mm. And you're like, ow, ow, that hurts. That's some good visual storytelling. And, and, and like imagine that if that works. scene ended with her going, these are the <laughs> other abortions. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we get it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that, sometimes, that, that scene hurts. <laughs> sometimes they under, like Sometimes they can... Direct and make a movie because that scene lands yeah, so well. Yeah, and yeah. also, like, does it then go back to her in the bed and Octavia Spencer is, you know, taking care of her and she looks horrible. Mm. There's moments where you go, oh, that looks real and that looks legitimate. And then it comes to the end where Bryce Alice Howard, who looks a lot like Jessica Chastain. There's an intentional they, dichotomy going on there, setting them up against each other. Absolutely. like, okay. And even in their the one big scene they have together at the auction, which is a bit silly for oh, me. A bit naff. But yes, it's like... Again, the whole film is a bit naff, but I, I every every 20 minutes I kept finding myself going, ah, oh, they got me. They, I think it's, it's, just, it's because it's performance-driven. There's some good performances in there that really do drive it home. Well, we and should talk I, about, sorry, but seven Oscar winners. Yeah. The cast is absolutely stacked. I can't argue with that. I did actually realise that as I was watching it the other day. I was like, wait, Emma Stone, Alison Janney, Viola Davis, Octavia Spencer, Jessica Chastain. Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek. Spacek. And who's the other one who's won an Oscar? Mary Steenburgen. Mary Steenburgen. Has she won won an Oscar? Yeah. I didn't know that. I love her. Look at her? She's again. She's pretty great. She's a lot of fun. Whenever they cut to those, just like metropolitan or cosmopolitan sort of shots. Took me a while to realize it was her too. And she's she like, "We just write the story." Yeah. She's like getting yeah. drunk with two men at lunch. Yeah, she's again, always. It's like a strange sort of. <laughs> it's the most over the top. Like yeah. it should cut to her while she's running like a track mm. sort of thing yeah. one time. I'm, a, just I'm like, a high performing businesswoman, just like shearing a sheep. <laughs> just you know, something. you can place her and Janny into any film, and it's going to be a good time. They're very good. They're yeah. very good, and they can play both sides of the fence very well. Yes, but Alison Janney is more compelling to me when she's least likable, theatrical. Oh, and this is a very theatrical role from it. So is I Tonya, a movie I like. But, you know, when you think about her and I, Tonya, and the fucking parrot on her shoulder and I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's not my favourite Alison Janney I, performance. I mean, to go back to what you saw, when Alison Janney's firing Constantine, that scene when it the flashback is, sure, let's talk about it's not a, it's not a great scene in the way it's framed in terms of history, whatever. But Alison Janney, when it cuts back to her and Emma Stone on the couch... The monologue she's delivered, that, and I've, I've, I was literally. This is the main moment where I went. This is cheesy as hell dialogue, and this story is awful. But I'm sobbing because Alison Janney is so good. The commitment and the emotionality she is giving, I just can't go past it. I you sent just, your brother to get Constantine, but when he got there, yeah. And you just because you can tell she's heartbroken, and it's like well, at least I don't know. I mean, as an actor. You, I just look at that and go, oh, that's incredible. Yeah. That is the, exceptional work. The arc, the character arc works. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's cheesy and whatever, but the performance grounds it and brings it home. Mm. I, just, this, I just can't go past this it. This is some of the best acting in one of my least favourite movies in a long time. Best acting it's, with it's, with bad dialogue as well. Yes, I think that's and hard people to... really selling 
the the scenes where it's really, really like mealy mouthed what they have to say. And Octavia Spencer, if she's not improvising a lot of what she's doing, she's making it sound like she is and doing a really great she's job. She's exceptional. With it. She's very good. I think Octavia Spencer's really a very, very fun kind of narrow actor who I really enjoy what she does, but she just kind of does that thing. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen The Shape of Water. I've not seen it, but I feel like she could do a lot more. She might be able to. I don't think she's given the opportunity. Yeah, because she's so perfect. She's in The Shape of Water, which is the movie that won the best picture in 2016, I want to say. It's the Guillermo del Toro all about um, Sally Hawkins falling in love with the fish guy. It's a very strange movie. And Octavia Spencer's character is note for note, almost exactly the same in this. And she got nominated for an Oscar again. And, and she's, it's just not, kind she's of, not entirely different in Hidden Figures No, either. actually, no, ah. which I think she also got nominated <laughs> yeah. for an Oscar for. I could be wrong, but I think she's been That's, nominated um, for the same performance three times. She, she just, just kind kept, of she just kept doing acting. this. She that was the word stop. I was looking for before was versatility. Yes. Uh, okay. It was a V word. I don't find her to be very versatile. No, but I th- I find her very endearing. I think she yeah, could oh, not, not particularly. She doesn't have the depth that Viola Davis has. Another V. A bit harsh to say one trick pony, but yeah, so far. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Sorry, yeah, she was nominated for Hidden Figures and then Shape of Water. <laughs> if you guys so watch so those fun. movies back to back, it's like she has well, time traveled into each of those films. <laughs> because if you, watch, if you watch person. if you watch the help on streaming, it'll come up with, hey, you might also like Hidden Figures. So of course, yeah, well, it's a Sunday afternoon. Put it on. Hmm. She doesn't change. The accent is identical. The the sass, as we've talked about, that's all she does. And it's great. You go, oh, I love you. You're so good. I'm going to give you an Oscar for this. She's one of the most loved figures in Hollywood. And it's because she started very bit parts, but she also started as a casting agent and a casting director. And so her thing was kind of working with actors for a long time to help them get roles and then they would just occasionally be like, oh, we don't have someone for this. Octavia, can you jump in? You might remember the thing I remember her from. She's in oh, Spider-Man, yep. like a hot second. That. And she's yeah. also in SWAT, the scene where LL Cool J oh. runs down the criminal and she's on her front porch and she's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's basically all she does. And you're like, do you, do you know what she's in that I first recognise her from? 30 Rock. She is God, in an episode of 30 Rock it. playing herself and she tries to out-crazy Tracy Jordan. This is going to be my new Star Trek. I'm just going to talk I about like 30, 30 Rock. Rock. Get right. your hands out your pants. No, um, <laughs> Dinner for Schmucks, Paul Rudd, oh, Steve Carell. She that. plays one of the schmucks who comes to dinner yeah. and she plays a crazy psychic essentially and yeah. she all she does is just do crazy eyes and make weird noises. And then it's like she won an Oscar uh, three years later or something. I like it's thought like, you were going to say for that. <laughs> she was nominated <laughs> just for that. She's just that good. <laughs> Have she, you all seen The Colour Purple? Uh, did you just say y'all? You did say you are not American. Have you all seen The Colour Purple? I have, yeah. Did you like that? I do. I understand how it has similar objections. I think it's a much stronger uh, story yes. just in general. I think yep. it's a very – and I, I find the emotional heft of that story. Mm. Starring Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi Goldberg from Oprah, Star Trek The Next Generation. Hey. And Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey. God, who I did, who I interviewed. That behavior. <laughs> no. Marcus is like, oh, oh my bits, my I bits. fed it. Marcus is <laughs> Oh, you guys. Bit. Should we talk about Should we talk about Viola Davis? Please. Who yeah. I think is, I mean, the uh, – M- M- So that's your Don't choice, you think then? she's? I mean, yeah, 100%. She's great. She's great. I mean, her and Jessica Chastain, because I yeah, think Jessica no, Chastain 100%. is more as an actor interesting. She's sort of gone for like in terms of the departure of who she is and you know, playing yourself. Viola Davis, I think you know, I mean, you can't go past that because it's so powerful. Historically, and I've 
confused myself with Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain in films. Everyone has. Oh, okay, that's so that's a common thing. Oh, you said we, it before? We just spoke about yeah, that. Oh, we I didn't even hear. Earlier. I must have tuned out. That's cool. <laughs> no, but for real. So it, it takes me a little bit. But wait, so you're going scene to scene like, wait, which one's the yeah. racist? Oh. <laughs> Until the very end. Oh, it was all of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's the um, lesson. But I've always found Jessica to be far more talented. I enjoy her a lot more in films. Do you so. like uh, Jurassic Park? Yep. That was Bryce. Exactly. Jessica, oh, yeah, cool. so Jessica, 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 <laughs> Jessica Chastain wearing a Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard mask. <laughs> Say it three times quick. Go again. Jessica Chastain <laughs> wearing a Bryce Dallas Howard mask. This could be an acting warm-up. Yeah, sounds great. Got it. Jennifer Lawrence wearing a Brian Tyree Henry mask. <laughs> <laughs> and she takes off the mask and Marcus says... Isn't that the same person? <laughs> it was I. Oh. Uh, yeah. You is always <laughs> I. No, wait. Tia Leone from Jurassic Park Hey, Bryce, that's a tie-in. Very nice. Mm. I, I prefer Jessica Chastain, which after we've had a big talk about how the black characters, I think, don't get as much agency in this film as they should and it doesn't become their story as much as I think it wants to be, I still just, Jessica Chastain pops in this a lot more and I don't have as much fun with... Uh, in many of the scenes that she's not I don't in. think you're meant to have fun with Viola Davis. I know. Respectfully. That's a, that's a very good point, but I don't, point, but I don't enjoy <laughs> I do know what you mean. the attempt to try and square her tragedy with something Yeah, I just couldn't laugh at her agony. But, oh, oh, well, you try harder. Yeah. <laughs> did, did anyone watch the credits? I did, Because yes. they no. made that poor woman... <laughs> Walk for like fifteen minutes <laughs> over over. Sorry, the the shitty Mary J. Blige song. It's a oh, bad. The song. soundtrack's oh. not great. Well, tell me, where did you enjoy well, the soundtrack? There's one Bob Dylan song that I enjoyed. Okay. But yes, Bob. Octavia. Sorry, Viola Davis walks. It would be literally twenty minutes, and they just let her walk. Did they say down cut? The like, and I didn't hear. Like, is someone going to come get me? Like, it's got to be. It must be. It must be um, digital effects. They must have gone. Now she walked ten minutes, and we'll just cut, and we'll just do the rest. She's on loop. Digital. <laughs> she just gets oh smaller gosh. and smaller. She it's gets. So she good. walks five steps, and then just sits down. And they're like, Viola, what are you doing? Fix it in post. <laughs> it's like, All right, I just felt walking. <laughs> From the sale. Great. But yeah, it's. So, it's what's Viola Davis's best role? Is it Amanda Waller from Suicide Squad? Is that. Oh. Are we, are we have a consensus there. Why are you doing this? Jared Leto, man. You love him. Don't. I, I really like her in uh, Ma Rainey's, uh, which is the movie that she was in with. You mispronounced Mario. Oh, sorry. Mario's. Mario's. Uh, it was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Ma Rainey's. Uh, it was the movie that she was in with Chadwick Boseman that he got nominated for his Oscar. Ah, oh, posthumously. Yes, and she played Marani, and I think she's really good in that. Um, but yeah, she's apparently incredible in the the Woman King, the Woman King. But I haven't seen it. But everyone says it's really good. Did she not get nominated for that? She didn't, and it was and a whole. Was, yeah. And Andrea Riseborough did for To Leslie, and that was the whole thing where it's like, oh, this movie that not even the producers have seen is getting nominated for Best Actress, but the Woman King's not. So very weird. But yeah, I think good. she's just a very powerful force. Like she's, she's also in Air. Which is the new the new movie uh, about Michael Jordan's yes, she Air Jordan shoes? She plays Michael Jordan's mum. Yes, which is funny because I don't know if you've seen Air, but you don't see Michael Jordan. Mm. You see the back of his head, and he doesn't speak. So it's like centered around the shoe and the Nike t- crew, and then Michael Jordan's mum. So she is like not the lead character, but it's so interesting that they frame it that way mm. that she's more important than Michael Jordan. Which, of course, is ridiculous. It's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Protective. <laughs> he can mother. slam dunk from anywhere. He believes he can fly. 
Don't quote R. Kelly. Come on. Yeah, they're different people. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan didn't sing that. Go ahead, shoot to you, miss. Yeah, you've Space seen the music Jam? clip, right? Yes. <laughs> when are we doing Space Jam? Let's do it in right Look now. Look how right over now. this movie we are. No, <laughs> Talking about go Space on. Jam. I apologise. Well, I, I, I don't have much more to say. No, neither do I. Um, do you know what? I'm going to throw in the power. I'm going to drop down from my 9.4 to a flat 8. Throw in the power. That's a pretty good throw. Mm. That's a big throw. I What was I? 7.7? 7. Mm. Ah, I'm going to stay. <laughs> Way to drag ah. that out. <laughs> I mean, I, again. Get your hands I, off I, his throat, Tom. I feel like I knew I knew going in that it's it's not a great film. It's not actually that well made, blah, blah, blah. But the acting, I mean, mm. seven Oscar winners, 7.7. They will get 1.1 1. 1 each, mm. yeah, whatever. Yeah. I could, so sue me. I could go up to like a 4.2. Yeah! Because the more I think about how compelling um, some individual scenes are, but really especially Jessica Chastain is just so... She's exceptional. Really fantastic in this. And like you pointed out, that nothing like this in her filmography otherwise, except the eyes of Tammy Faye, but a bit it's, of a different... It's weird that she even got an audition for that role. Strangely, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, we want this sort of type person. Had, How does she get she in the room? What really done before this, though? Like, that's my thing. This is almost her moment, right? Because she gets nominated for this. which She is, does get nominated. She yeah. loses to Octavia. She does. I would have given it to her, but anyway. Um, yeah, Chris, what are you sitting on? Um, I watched this last week and so I've had a lot of time to think about it. I reckon I would have started at like a six and just over the last week just thinking about it more, just at home, like, threw in the pal a bit more, uh, threw it in again and, and, yeah, I'm just down to a three because it just, it's, like I said, there's three good films in here and if yeah. they'd been given, yeah. you know, each their individual airtime, could have been three great films but you've got so one. So no throw in the power but you're going to stay low. <laughs> hey. hey, Tom, one cameo you've missed in this too, Ashley Johnson. Oh, my God, Ashley Johnson is in this. Yep. You're absolutely right. Amazing. Plays yes. uh, voices Ellie in The Last of Us, just in case anyone cares. Very great actress. Yeah. We don't. No. But that's cool. <laughs> he hates gaming references. <laughs> well, uh, is she in Mario? Did she voice what? Peach? Yeah, she did. What, is, just get, what does Mario it. sound like, Frank? Woohoo! That's not bad. Okay, okay now, Bow- now Bowser. Peaches, 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 Okay, that's good. Now Jack Black as Mario. Huh? Jack Black as Mario. Go quick. Through in the pal. Got him. Hey, I'm Jack Black, <laughs> and I produce the Throw in the Pal podcast. Wow, I'm Christopher Walken as Peach. Come save me, Mario. Oh, a woohoo. <laughs> oh, this is uh, Scottish Jessica Chastain. <laughs> wow. Help. 